What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, guys? Just wanted to thank you all so much for coming in and supporting us every single week. And I wanted to give a quick reminder to anyone who might be listening on Apple Podcasts. If y'all could just take maybe 10 seconds before you listen or even after the episode and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That really helps us out and we really appreciate it. And as always, be sure to contact either myself at Dalton underscore Trig or our pod account at StepBackMavs on Twitter. If you have any questions regarding this upcoming free agency period or the draft or potential trades, anything of that nature, hit us up and it might be discussed on the pod. Hi, this is Donnie Nelson and you're listening to the Mavs Step Back Podcast. I like that. Yes, yeah, the Mavericks, all about action. Don't do no acting, no Samuel Jackson. Dirk get the ball, you know that it's magic. Post move deadly, yeah, get tragic. Look with the ball, yeah, get nasty. He'll drop 30, don't gotta ask him. Look at with these step back 30. Oh, yeah! Boy, Chris Stabs, looking like Dirk and Nash in the gap. They just want to ring, want to fill the gap on your team head. I ain't talking heads, dang, I relax, still at the champ. Divas still coming with the Calibas flow. The Mavs the best on the flow. I'm wild, but yeah, I'm the GOAT. Welcome, guys, to another episode of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host and Dallas basketball and SI colleague, Matt Glatson. Matt, how you doing midweek? Uh, good. I uh, Tuesday and Wednesday is kind of my weekend. <laughs> uh, must be nice yeah so i mean everybody else gets saturday and sunday off so um but it, it's it's good i get to do my my stuff that i need to get done and um had some juicy stuff pop up last night that i'm excited to talk about so um, you know day podcast kudos to you for you know one always coming on here and doing the podcast and talking mavs every now and then but also, right now you're covering the Cowboys and the Texans, and that is that that can't be an easy job right now. <laughs> so. It's not, and uh, it's it's uh, it's a lot, and I'm doing it for two different outlets, <laughs> um, the Cowboys anyway, for two different outlets, and um, something else may be happening here pretty soon. So I'm going to be kind of strapped to the wall, but it'll be good. It'll be good. Uh, nothing like a good grind. Yeah. Well, look, it, it, you might not have to be on that grind too much longer because uh, we're supposed to be hearing something before the end of this week, but supposedly the NBA is coming back a lot sooner than we anticipated. Uh, uh, Shams reported that, you know, there's a it, – it's being discussed right now that the NBA would potentially come back right before Christmas, so December 22nd. And I'd have to look at when the date was for that last finals game, but I think it's either right at two months or a little less than two months that <laughs> the Heat and Lakers would have before starting things back up again. Uh, 
it'd definitely be less than two months before they start training camp and everything too. But I mean, I, I really like this. I think it's the only way that they can get back to somewhat of a normal schedule going forward. I don't think, you know, given how the pandemic has been going right now, I don't think waiting until January or February would change anything if we're being completely honest. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, they might as well just go ahead and start. And, you know, if guys like LeBron and, uh, you know, Jimmy Butler and some of the higher profile guys that haven't had that much of a, of a rest, you know, if they need to be load managed or whatever, do whatever you have to do. But, I mean, let's get this thing going again. I mean, it, it should be fun. And I think, you know, a shortened season uh, is proposed – they're proposing a 72 game season uh, if they start in December and that would still put them, you know, ending the season around July, around what, you know, what we're used to the end of July. So I think it, I, I like the idea. I think it favors the Mavs a good bit too, but what are your thoughts on that? I really like the shortened season. Um, like really <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Less gamers, less, uh, less a lot of stuff but the way given the way the last season ended and the expectations going forward and even though some people's expectations are just wildly nuts um it's i'm excited to see what happens so the sooner they get to it the better in my opinion um also the nba on christmas is always one of my favorite things um, even though the Mavericks never play on Christmas. I, you uh, know, I'm going to guarantee you that they'll have a Christmas game this year. <laughs> yeah, they should. They definitely should, especially if it's like – weren't they ta- – wasn't one of the rumors that it was a Christmas Day opening game or something? Or yeah, that? That, that, was, that was the first rumor. And then, then the Shams report came out that, you know, the NBA was going to start – or they were going to try to start on the 22nd. So, you'd have an opening day – before Christmas, but I guess, you know, that's only three days uh, past that original opening day they'd have. So I guess you could have teams wait until actual Christmas to start the season. Yeah, I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, my, my parents, well, really my mom, uh, always hates after we're done with our Christmas morning stuff because the first thing I do is put on the NBA. And she's like, no, we need to watch Christmas movies. And I'm like, no, I want to watch LeBron. And it's like I'm 33 years old now, and it's like the same thing every year. But, uh, it's it's uh, it, I think it would be fun. It would be a nice change, um, less games. I, I feel like it, it, it could get a little bit more – the, the games could end up being closer together at some points. The back-to-back stuff might be a little different, and that could be a little weird. Or maybe it won't be. I, I don't know. They probably have a good plan for it. But I'm excited for the idea. I think it would be fun. And I'm ready to see the next season start. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially with how the Mavs season ended. I mean, you were everybody was encouraged by how they played against the Clippers. But you had the Luka ankle thing, and you had KP getting ejected in game one, and then he had to – you know, he couldn't finish out the series because of his meniscus. And then you had the stuff with Marcus Morris, you know, trying to basically knock Luke out of the series by stepping on his hurt ankle and then waylaying him and getting ejected that next game. I mean, there was a lot of drama. And, you know, all things considered, it was really cool to see the Mavs take that team 
that Clippers team to six games in the first round. And if they had stayed completely healthy, I have no doubt that they would have at, – at the very least, they would have gone to seven. And well, I think I think they could have won the series too. So, I mean, I, I know they're, they're disappointed in how it ultimately ended, but I think it gave the team a ton of confidence going into this next season. So, I'm excited. Yeah, the, the thing about that is um, – and I, I don't disagree with you, but – I feel like the NBA was just like, like last, like during that series, they were like, no, we need the Clippers to get through. So we're not going to, we're not going to give the Mavs any, any little, um, any little leeway here. Uh, KP's definitely getting ejected. This is getting too close kind of thing. I mean, it's a conspiracy theory, but whatever. Here, here's but the thing. Like, I'm not, oh, a, I'm not a, I'm not an NBA consi- conspiracy theorist unless we're talking about 2006, <laughs> but. Yeah. Well, okay. But like going but, forward, I feel like they're going to start to get those things. And I that's agree. another thing that gets me excited. They're going to get those calls. KP's not going to get ejected. I agree. Especially if they can avoid Kane Fitzgerald. You know, it's, it's really bad when you know an official by their name. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> Kane Fitzgerald, uh, who's the other one? Jeff Foster. Scott Foster. It's Scott Foster. Yeah, 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 Scott Foster. And who's, like, the one other ref that you know? I can't think of any off the top of my head. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's a bad thing that we know them. Tim Donaghy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, 2006. Oh, my gosh. Horrible. So, that's all you need to know. If you you know your ref's name, you know he sucked. (laughs) Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Okay, so look, getting – okay, so we, we talked about that. You know, the NBA, they're planning to bring the season back sooner than we expected. I personally expected it to be, you know, late January, early February, but they're aiming for late December, you know, right before Christmas. And, you know, that that's a big time for the NBA. Um, everybody loves watching the Christmas games and – uh, the league is, you know, uh, this pandemic and all the stuff that went on with China, I mean, collectively, it, it's hurt them a little bit. So it makes sense for them to get back on the court sooner than later and, you know, try to try to recoup some of that revenue that they they lost out on this past season. So, okay, so for the Mavs specifically, you know, they're about to really dive into this offseason. We've talked about it for the last month, you know, in preparation for it. Lots of different trade scenarios, lots of different uh, potential free agency signings. And, you know, we've talked a little bit about the draft, not too much, but we'll talk more about that once we get closer to it. Well, Brad Townsend of the Dallas Morning News put out a report the other day that really, you know, kind of raised people's eyebrows because, you know, we had we had Donnie Nelson, uh, Mavs GM Donnie Nelson on the pod not too long ago. And he was basically saying that, uh, you know, the Mavs are never patient, that they're always working the trade lines, always trying to get better, which, I mean, if if you go by what he said, it would make the idea that the Mavs are just going to play it conservative and, uh, you know, wait for a chance at Giannis next offseason, you know, preserve cap space and all that. It, you'd make it, it makes it seem like Donnie might have just been putting up a smoke screen. But Brad Townsend basically confirmed that, you know, by saying that uh, the Mavs are willing 
to trade anyone not named Luka Doncic or Kristaps Porzingis going into this offseason. They are in win-now mode. Uh, the urgency is there. And, I mean, that tells me that they know how close they are. And, <laughs> I mean, we've, we've preached about it all offseason, even, even before the offseason ended. But we have preached about how projected cap space doesn't help the Mavs going into the next season. Yeah, it makes it easier to chase Giannis once you get to that point, if Giannis even gets to free agency. But if Giannis wants to come to Dallas, he's going to come to Dallas. They're going to find a way to make room for him. So I don't think you can just punt on one offseason leading up to another one just for just to make it easier to sign a guy like Giannis. And it's good to see that that's the approach the Mavs are going to take. They're going to be aggressive. They're going to try to get better now. They're going to try to, you know, become a title contender this next season. And I'm pretty excited about it. You know, it's one thing for us to speculate on it and, you know, for Donnie to give his take and people are just like, oh, well, you know, you can't ever really (laughs) – can't ever really trust Donnie around draft time and all that stuff. And But, you know, to have it confirmed uh, by the Dallas Morning News, uh, it's pretty exciting, man. What, What do you think about it? So this tells me a couple of different things. Um, and before I continue with this, we have a little breaking news. Uh, Daryl Morey is uh, about to be named the GM of the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, shocked. I am so shocked. The Sixers confirmed. I'm not shocked. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so this tells me a couple of different things. One, um, all of these KP-involved trades for whoever – Stop. It's not happening. They don't want to trade him. They're not going to trade him. Right. So I don't want to hear any more trades with KP involving Giannis or Bradley Beal or, you know, anybody. Like, stop. It's not happening. Um, Two, not only does it kind of confirm what Donnie told us uh, when we last talked to him, but also – it confirms to me that they're not like, I mean, like you said, they're not going to sit around and punt on this off season and wait for Giannis, but they're not even thinking about Giannis right now. I mean, maybe they are, but he's definitely in the back of their minds, but sure. I, but, but I, I agree that they're not thinking about next off season right now. They're thinking about right. this off season and how they can become contenders. They, they, they're like, look, if we could get Giannis, great, but we're going all in right now because we have two guys who can win this thing if they have a little help. Right. And um, that, in particular, to me, is very exciting because the last couple of off-seasons, um, I mean, you know, obviously it's tough when you're coming off a 33-win season and all you really have to show for it is, like, an injured KP – who nobody knows what he's going to be, and Luca, who was rookie of the year, but it's like, eh, like we don't, we still don't know if like he's going to have a sophomore slump and all this, all those questions have been answered. Yeah, you just completely, you, completely different dynamic going into it this time. Yeah. You just took arguably the most talented roster in the NBA, despite the Lakers winning the title. And I mean, look, it, I can't speak for you know guys on other teams who might be looking to get traded or free agency. 
but you can kind of read between the lines a little bit. So another thing that was interesting in that uh, Brad Townsend report, he basically said that there's a handful of prospects in this upcoming NBA draft and their agents that are like trying to steer those, those prospects towards Dallas. And some of those prospects themselves are saying that they want to be in Dallas and playing with Luca and everything. So that's really encouraging to me. I mean, I could see it being the same way with, you know, potential free agents and uh, guys who might be on the trade block and stuff like that. That tells me that the Mavs have already become a, a favored destination for guys. A Cowboys Super Bowl, a Rangers pennant, a Stars Stanley Cup, a Mavs championship, or more recently, a Luka Doncic playoff buzzer beater. How many fans have a t-shirt that captures these amazing Dallas sports moments, but refuse to wear it regularly due to having an overworked design and fabric that feels more like sandpaper? Red Peg Tees focuses on clever artwork and only prints on polycotton blends to give you that vintage t-shirt feel right out of the package. They are the number one sports t-shirt company representing our Dallas teams. So if you want an awesome t-shirt you'll actually wear often, visit redpegtees.com and use promo code REDPEG20 to get 20% off your purchase. Again, that's promo code REDPEG20 to get 20% off your purchase. Red Peg Tees, providing t-shirts for Texans by Texans. You know what I, you know you know what I have an analogy for this. A little it's not perfect, but sure. I think the Mavs are the Kansas City Chiefs right before they won the Super Bowl. They've got Oh god, I love that. <laughs> they've got the good young star like the 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 young future everything of the league, which is Luka. I don't think there's any question about that right now. Right. Um, and they've got they've got another star in KP and veterans who want to win are like I need to get in on this train while I can right now. Right. A veteran coach that knows what the hell he's doing if he has the players he needs, which Let's be honest, he hasn't had the players he's needed since 2011. Dude, I really so. love this analogy here because even even when you're comparing like Andy Reid to uh to Rick Carlisle, like that that works. Yeah. So <laughs> it's it's there to be taken and they just have to they just have to take, you know, the right steps and get the right players and do what they need to do. I mean, look what they did last this past season with Luka, KP, and a bunch of role players. They took arguably the most talented roster in the NBA to six games and should have won the damn series because of those two guys. Right. So, I mean, what are we talking about here? We're talking about a team that is about to make a, a big leap you know, they were already – they were already – I mean, we had high hopes last season. We all expected them to make the playoffs. Well, at least you and I did. Uh, we expected them to make the playoffs to make – for Luca to make a jump. 
I don't think we expected Luca to be an all NBA first team player in his second year <laughs> or, or to, you know, put up a 44 or I forgot how many, but I think it was 43 points, uh, 17 rebounds, 13 assists in an elimination game versus the Clippers yeah. uh, in the play. You know, he just, just dominated. And everybody, I could even, you know, towards the end of that season, towards the end of that playoff run, when it was apparent that, you know, the Mavs were probably going to lose that series, but they had already made it competitive and everything. I could even tell, like, with the, uh, with how the announcers were talking about the Mavs on here, you know, everybody was talking about them like, you know, this team is going to be a problem <laughs> going forward. Right. They know it's coming. So, I, the Mavs understand that too, and they're ready to, you know, be aggressive, be proactive this off season. And look, we've already talked about a number of scenarios that could go down. I don't know if any of those specifically will happen, but we're going to keep going over those until you know something happens. And I, I feel like I still need to be clear about something, though. Just because I am comparing them to Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs, that doesn't mean that I think they're going to win the championship next year. Well, yeah, you're just talking about the trajectory of the right. They're on a they're on a very much upward trajectory, and they're willing. In the fact that they're willing to do whatever it takes, per Townsend and you know all that stuff, they're willing to do whatever it takes, minus trading Luca and KP to get better. And all of these draft prospects are like, get me in Dallas. Yes. And look, I mean, even – even Very, very fun. Even a basketball comparison. I mean, if you look at the, the pre-Dynasty Warriors, you know, those couple of seasons leading up to that, they didn't make the playoffs, you know, one, two, let's see, three seasons before they won the title. And then they made the playoffs the next two years. Uh, they lost a first-round series to the Clippers, I believe. No. I had to go back and look. Anyway, they lost in the first round one year. They beat the Spurs in the first round uh, one of those years and then lost to the Clippers in the second round. So, in two years of playoff defeats, they went from that to winning the title in year three. And I think the the main reason we're, like, kind of quick to pump the brakes on making the Mavs a title contender right now is because basically there's never been like we're, we're people aren't used to seeing a player of Luca's age being this good <laughs> this fast, you know. So yeah. it's kind of one of those things where you haven't seen a player this young. Like when's the last time we've seen a player this this young lead a team, lead his team to the finals? You had D Wade in 06, which eh, I don't uh-huh. talk about that. Um uh, which I think he was – how old was he, 23 maybe, 23, 24? And then you had LeBron take the Cavs to the finals in uh, in 2007, I believe. Yeah, to play, uh, he played against the Spurs, and he was like yeah, 22. I'm not, sure, I'm not sure how – I'm not sure how old KD, Harden, and Westbrook were when they made that finals, but – it, I mean, they weren't – they were very young. And the they point got their is – point is it doesn't happen very often. <laughs> right. So, that, that's one reason why people are, you know, wanting to pump the brakes on it a little bit. But 
the talent is there. Uh, there are a couple of – even if they don't make a big splash, there are a couple of low-profile moves away. Just adding a couple of veterans to your rotation that are more reliable than, you know, DeLon Wright, Justin Jackson, uh, Courtney Lee. You know, I, it's going to be – it's going to make a huge, huge difference this next season. And I'm excited for it. Can we agree on something else? What's that? I think the Mavs won the Luka trade. <laughs> definitely. They I'm definitely did. And look, it's not a dig people, at Trey Young. I love no, Trey Young. Remember the people were like, oh, Cam Reddish for Luke Blake. Wah, bah, Cam Reddish, blah. Like, get out of here. No, it's no. It, it, was, it was an absolute steal. I love Trey Young. He is a great, uh, great player, great point guard. But he's just – he's not Luka. <laughs> Luka is a – And that's like, you know, that's like saying someone's – at this – you know, going forward, that's going to be like saying he's great, but he's not LeBron. Yes, right. That's exactly what it is, you know. If you look at that draft class with LeBron, it's like, yeah, Carmelo Anthony, he had a great career. He's a, he's a great player. You know, D. Wade, he had a great career. He's a great player. He, but it's not LeBron James. <laughs> right. But so that a lot of interesting stuff coming from this report from from uh, the Dallas Morning News and Brad Townsend. And look, the last thing that stuck out to me, this will be our last point on this, but the last thing that stuck out to me is there was a report after the trade deadline last year that the Mavericks were very close to acquiring a certain player, but they couldn't come to terms on a contract extension and at the time, it wasn't confirmed who the player was, so we were just kind of piecing together who we thought it was, and we both decided that it had to have been Danilo Gallinari. Well, in this report, Townsend confirmed that. It, it was Gallinari that the Mavs almost ended up with, but they just couldn't work out a, a contract extension. So that's really interesting because Gallinari would be such a good fit, at least offensively, for this team, especially if you play him at the four. Uh, now, you know, defensively, <laughs> it's going to be a little bit lacking. But for the right price, I would love to have Gallinari on this team. I think he, he would fit next to KP really well. Uh, I think if you could go out after you sign Gallinari, whether it be, you know, hope I would like it to be a sign-and-trade just so uh, you're not using the, the full MLE, which is around $9 million a year. I don't think he'd take that anyway, but I'd like for it to be a sign and trade where you're sending like DeLon Wright and uh, maybe Justin Jackson and some other salary that you're not going to need to OKC to where they're just getting something instead of losing Gallinari for nothing. And then I'd love to use the MLE on a guy like Jay Crowder, who we've talked about before. So, you know, you'd have a, you'd potentially have a starting lineup of Luca. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., Jay Crowder, Danilo Gallinari, and uh, KP. Which I know that I know I know that moves Dorian Finney-Smith to the bench, but I mean, God forbid. <laughs> that that just sounds like a lineup that would just wreak havoc on teams be, all season long. It would be a very good lineup, and you could still do some other stuff to make your roster better after that. So, um. Look, 
when I think of Danilo Gallinari on the Mavs, you know that that meme of Homer Simpson where he's got the donut in front of him or whatever, he's like, oh, <laughs> like, that's me. Because, I mean, when you watch Danilo play, it feel, I know he does miss, but it feels like he doesn't miss. Yeah. He's is automatic. He plays the Mavs. <laughs> he's, he's as automatic as it gets from, from out there. So that the whole idea of that is just insane. Like, and I mean, I, I would love and that. And I mean, look, Gallinari, he is thirty-two years old. So he's not he's not a guy who I think would be a long-term commitment on the Mavs. You know, the Mavs wouldn't commit to him long-term, but for next season at least, he could be a really good third star. Because he, I mean, historically, he's not, you know, the most reliable guy. He's had a lot of injury, injury-prone seasons. But he played 62 games last year, and I think, you know, OKC played like 68 games. So that was pretty good for the regular season. He played 68 of the 82 the season before with the Clippers. So... He's had two relatively healthy seasons. Uh, he's averaged near 20 points in each of those seasons. Uh, he shoots around 45% from the field, uh, shot 41% from three this year, 43% from three last year. So, I mean, he, he's just one of those guys that he, he would fit in really well. Uh, he could play the, the three or the four position and I think it would just open it like as good as the Mavs offense was this past season imagine it being even better <laughs> that's what it would be with with Gallinari on the team so well yeah because you're you're basically replacing you know shooters like Maxi and Dorian with Gallinari right you know like, Maxi Maxi he just really left a sour taste in a lot of people's uh, mouths after that, that playoff series he had against the Clippers. Cause he shot 37 or 38% from three on the year, but it just, it just did not translate over to the bubble or no. into the, the, the Clipper series. Now Dorian, he's lethal from the corners, but when you get out to the, you know, the top of the key and the, uh, you know, he, he shoots closer to, you know, league average from there. But from the corners, he's lethal. Gallinari, he'll hit him from anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's he's a flamethrower. And, look, we can't – And he's big. We, we can't expect everybody I – don't, I, don't, I don't have any sour feelings towards Maxi at all. Like, you, we can't expect everybody to, in their first playoff series ever, you know – Yeah. Yeah, I like, still – look, I, I love Maxi. I'm just, I'm just saying there's, there's – I've seen some – opinions out there since that playoff series where it's just like oh let's just throw him out the door I mean I'm not to that point I, I do no. think I, I do think he's been overrated a little bit but well yeah and I do too I th- I've always thought that but and I think you, you you know you include him in any deal that the, the other team wants him to get you another star I don't you know I'm not saying that but yeah these people who are just you know completely saying he's trash are like you know, get a life. It it was his first playoff series. Like, do you, you realize even though it wasn't in LA in front of a opposing crowd and all that stuff, it's still a big deal. And you know, some people it takes them a little bit to adjust. 
Um, anyway, I digress. Yeah. Gallinari would be a major, major, major get. I agree. Especially if they can, you know, that, that's the only thing, though. Like, how much money it, – it's one of those things where they say actions speak louder than words. And <laughs> Gallinari has put it out there that, you know, he mainly just wants to win and wants to be on a contender and, you know, all that good stuff. But yet he wasn't able to work out, you know, a deal with the Mavs at the deadline or even the Heat for that matter. So well, he's saying all the right things, but, you know, money has to be a factor there. Yeah. And, and here's the way I, I kind of am looking at that, too. You sign, say, say your scenario comes true and you get Crowder and Gallinari. And you have them on one year deals or whatever, or Gallinari, at least on a one year deal. That positions you to where it doesn't work out with Giannis next summer. You can bring back Gallinari. Right. And sign to a longer deal, and you still have a really, really lethal team. Right. So. And I think, and like I said, you know, Gallinari, he can play the three. I mean, let's be real. He could play the two if he wanted to <laughs> in like a super-sized lineup. So, yeah. I mean, you could bring him back, have him at the three, uh, Giannis at the four, and KP at the five. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Which would be, oh, my we're, – we so now, now we're going 7-3, 6-11. <laughs> Uh, six ten, six eight, and what's Jay Crowder? Six six seven, six eight. The real the real life version of the Monstars. <laughs> yeah, for real. But we'll save that for another pod. Uh, Matt, before we take off here, though, I mentioned earlier. Actually, I guaranteed that the Mavs are going to play a Christmas game for the first time since uh, I think it was two thousand eleven when they opened up, it was the lockout season. So they opened up against the heat and then they got just completely mopped. <laughs> yep. So I'm guaranteeing it. They're going to play a Christmas game for the first time since then. Who do you think the matchup's going to be? The Clippers. I'm thinking that too. I think it's either going to be the Clippers or. I think it's going to be the Clippers or the Bucks. Ooh. I think they might do a Lakers Clippers thing. That Mavs Bucks would be some, especially considering how that last matchup went. Overtime win for the Mavs. It was like 136, 132. Luca <laughs> throwing between the leg passes in the clutch. That would be awesome. So yeah. I'd be for either one of them. I think it'll end up being uh end up being Mavs Clippers too, because that series was just, you know, a lot of drama. It was a lot of fun. I think you know, the NBA would probably want to try and replicate that on Christmas Day. But we'll see. Either one of those, Clippers or be, Bucks, I would be super excited with that. I think it would be fun if they made it all, like, interleague stuff. So, like, Mavs, Bucks, or Mavs, Heat, um, you know. Or no, no, no. Like So, like, Lakers, Heat, rematch of the finals – Clippers, Bucks, or Mavs, Bucks, and then you know throw in like the Celtics or something in there. Like, um, Mavs, Rockets would be fun too. There's, (laughs) there's typically four games on Christmas, right? Uh, yeah, four or five. 
Yeah. So make the four West teams like Lakers, Clippers, Mavs, Nuggets, and make the four East teams like, you know, Heat, Celtics, Bucks, and Sixers or something. Regardless, it's going to be fun. And like I said, I mean, I could, I'm going to add the Rockets to that list too. They, they could play the Clippers, the the Bucks, or the Rockets, and I'd be happy with any of that. So, but Matt, anything else you want to add before we take off this week? <laughs> no, I mean, so other than I, I plugging like... our our stuff. <laughs> no, I, I feel like <laughs> now that this report from Brad has come out. Um, we should probably do another fan Q&A next week. Oh, for sure. Yeah, listen to Q&A next week and uh, see what kind of ideas y'all have and, um, you know, send them to us on Twitter. We'll, we'll put out a tweet on, from our pod account and um, send us your questions again because I think that would be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like I said earlier, it's one thing to, uh, you know, come up with all these different trade scenarios and free agency signings and all that stuff. It's another thing when – you have a report come out and <laughs> the Dallas Morning News is basically confirming like, okay, yeah, everybody on this roster not named Luca or KP <laughs> is tradable. So for the Mavs to confirm that is is pretty big. So we'll we'll look at doing a another Q and A off season mailbag next week. Be on the lookout for that on Twitter at Stepback Mavs. Uh, be sure to go rate and subscribe on all your favorite platforms. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, keep giving us uh, good reviews, good ratings on there. That really helps us out. And we really appreciate it. We'll see you guys next week. Y'all have a good weekend. Take a step back, reminiscing about the old days when I hooped outside with my friends and drunk that OJ. Crossover doing step backs in a pair of J's. These days I'm about my chips like a bag of lays. I ain't lying when I tell you people ain't the same How you real when you say your soul for the fame Do anything for a dollar I'ma stay patient cause I know God promised me a lot Looked up the Dirk and MJ instead of blue collar Excited at the idea of being a true baller Riding in the bins a copper and pilot Feeling like I made it, now they trying to Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.